and they were roommates. Oh my gosh, they were roommates. We do not in any way officially represent the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints or Brigham Young University, Idaho. All opinions expressed belong solely to the hosts of this podcast. Hello, this is Chelsea. Hi, and this is Connor. And this is, and they were roommates. Episode two. So yeah, I, there's a lot of things in the first episode that we realized we should probably change, but you know what? It's probably going to keep changing the more we realize what yeah. our mistakes are. This is a, a constantly evolving project of ours, so. Yeah. So, um, let's start with uh, news from the junk drawer. Uh-huh. You had something that you were very excited about. I so am. Let's... Well, also terrified. So recently, I don't know if you guys saw this, but um, they just discovered a um, an Asian hornet. Supposedly, it's like the biggest hornet in the world, and they found it in Washington, actually. Uh-huh. And the reason why they found it is because this farmer discovered decapitated bees around his yeah. his like honey boxes or whatever. Yeah. And he was like, what the heck is this? And they discovered this, what they call a murder hornet, which is <laughs> horrifying. Just something that sounds like something that was named on Tumblr or something. <laughs> My username is murder hornet. <laughs> 320. 320, yeah, 420. <laughs> um. But yeah, I'm, so that's cool. Not only do we have an like a coronavirus and a cat see you know remake and all this stuff we we've we're going through a lot right now yeah that's that's very interesting because the minute that you said decapitated bees i was like yep sounds about right because that's a, i mean that that is a problem with um beekeepers finding that wasps are killing their um killing their bees um so that's that's interesting do they know you know, how it might have traveled? Is it no, like- they're still trying to figure that out. But I did discover, so I found out that American bees don't really have a lot to, like, protect themselves they against hornets. That's no. why, like, they can take out whole colonies or whatever. But I did discover that Japanese bees have developed a defense against these hornets. Mm-hmm. And what they do is the, like, the scout hornet will, like, leave a pheromone next to the hive. And so then the bees will sense that. And they'll set like develop a trap, so they'll leave the hive open for mm-hmm. the hornet to go in. And when the hornet goes in, they all swarm. Yeah. And then they start like shaking their like flying muscles or whatever, and so yeah. it creates like a mass ball of heat that mm-hmm. the bees can withstand, but the hornet can't. And so wow. then, and also takes away the like carbon dioxide ad- ad- emissions, so that they can't breathe. So they literally cook and suffocate the hornet to death. Interesting. And some of the bees do die in the process, yeah. but ultimately they destroy a predator. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, super cool. That's interesting because um, beekeepers have been trying for years to figure out ways to protect their bees, um, especially against wasps. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing. Um, that's how that's how Africanized honeybees came to be a problem in the U.S. because they are they Afri- kind of aggressive. Yes, they are very aggressive, but that's why, you know, they wanted to bring them over because they fight back against the wasps. They're more hardy. Unfortunately, they are very, very aggressive and attempts to breed them with kind of European or maybe Russian Italian bees have proved not they will just kill. You know, if you try to (laughs) you try to integrate a um, a differing queen, Mm -hmm. they just 
kill them. It's oh, so, wow. So that's interesting. Um, I did hear that, like, North American, like, honeybees or European honeybees, like, produce the most honey, and that's why they're also trying to, like... Well, they're trying Euro- to, like, figure out a way so that the honeybees can produce a lot of honey and fight yeah, against European wasps. bees. North American bees are actually not... They don't exist, exist actually. It's an interesting thing. Honeybees were brought over from Europe, and that's sort Wait, of side so, of the world. so when... Okay, so before Europeans came over, there weren't any bees in the U.S., like, at all? No honeybees. We oh, have, so just we like have, wild bees. Yes, native bees. Honeybees are very kind of not niche, but you you know what I'm saying. Honeybees. Yeah. There aren't a lot of bees that actually live in colonies. Honeybees are one of the few bees that actually do, like bumblebees, carpenter bees. A lot of those native bees that we have in the U.S. are solitary. That's so and they interesting. Don't, yeah, they don't create honey, so... One of the three most popular honeybees are, I believe, Italian, Russian, and European bees. Wow. Yeah. Because I could talk about bees forever, but I realize a lot of people may not care. But you guys should care, because bees are so cute and interesting. And if you don't care, you're looking at the wrong podcast. Yeah. (laughs) Goodbye. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) yeah. This podcast is very self-serving. We're just talking (laughs) about things that we find interesting, and... Yeah. And maybe you will too. Who knows? We'll yeah, see. Hopefully you do. Yeah. Uh, so today's topic is rated our movies. Yes. And just kind of an evaluation of the rating system and rated our movies. Is it really like a rule against the church? Because a lot of people, at least for me, I've been judged for watching rated R movies. Yeah. And there's like this stigma and judgment, especially in the LDS culture, that it's a bad thing. And I kind of want to address that. Yeah. Where did this actually come from? I, th- I think it's a really interesting concept because, you know, in terms of these types of aspects of the gospel, what really is the truth? What has actually been said about it? Yeah. And basically, there's really only one source that mentions rated R movies specifically, and it comes from President Benson's talk to the youth of the noble birthright. And it was given in 1960, sorry, 1986. And this is basically what he says. Consider carefully the words of the prophet Alma to his errant son, Corianton. Forsake your sins and go no more after the lusts of your eyes. The lusts of your eyes in our day, what does that expression mean? Movies, television programs, and video recordings that are both suggestive and lewd. Magazines and books that are obscene and pornographic. We counsel you, young men, not to pollute your minds with such degrading matter. For the mind through which this filth passes is never never the same afterward. Don't see R-rated movies or vulgar videos or participate in any entertainment that is immoral, suggestive, or pornographic. So, yeah, that's essentially where we get it from, mm-hmm. is that that talk right there. Yeah. Which, you know, it does. It very explicitly states, you know, stay away from rated R movies, which I think is something to, you know, take to heart. But I think it is also worth mentioning that this is a talk directed at youth, yeah. um, which, you know, doesn't exempt adults. And the other thing too that I found interesting is a lot of it mentions like lewdness or like uh, pornographic material, uh, suggestive and obscene magazines and books and movies. And a lot of it revolves around anything that's sexually explicit or pornographic. Yeah. Which, you know, is an aspect of why something is rated R is, you know, suggestive content like that. I do think it's important to think about, you know, the overall reason for his talk is 
you know, maybe youth should stay away from rated R movies. That's maybe something to consider. I also did some research about, you know, this topic, and I decided to look in for the strength of youth because I think it's a good um, baseline of how does the church feel about certain topics? Yeah, generalized topics. And there isn't, you know, and obviously there's not like a rated R movie like section. However, there is the entertainment and media section, which looking through it, it does not mention rated R movies explicitly. However, you know, it does mention it in a general sense. And something that I really think is worth saying is this little uh, bit. If you're interested in reading the whole information, it's for the strength of youth, entertainment and media. But here's something that I thought was interesting. Okay, choose wisely when using media because whatever you read, listen to, or look at has an effect on you. Select only media that uplifts you. Do not attend, view, or participate in anything that is vulgar, immoral, or violent, or pornographic in any way. Um, Do not participate in anything that presents immorality or violence as acceptable. Which I think that sums it up pretty well. Yeah. the one thing that I do find interesting is both of these things were developed a, a while ago. I think they did up, update the strength oh, of yeah. youth. The, the first strength of youth updates, I think, every few years. And perhaps it's even different than what it was when we were young adults and young yeah, ones. You know? For sure. I just kind of want to go over just the history of rating, the rating system in general. Yeah, yeah, which I think is a very important aspect of this, this issue. Uh, so, like, the organization that actually rates movies, the it's called the MPAA, and it stands for Motion Picture, the Motion Picture Distributors Association of America. And they were established in, like, 1922 when black and white films started being coming a thing. And it actually yeah. had a lot. 1922 was kind of when uh, there was a movie about the Ku Klux Klan. Yeah. And people were like, I what, didn't really sign up for this movie, and I would have liked to know that that is what this movie was about, and it was horrendous, and I hated it. And so that's kind of why the association came to be. Yeah, to say, okay, we need some sort of system to, you know, review movies and sort of give an rating of... Right, and just to let the public know what's in the movie and if they want to partake in it or not. Yeah, yeah, which is smart. Yeah, I I think it is too. So it wasn't until... 1984 that the PG-13 rating came out. So before really? this, Yeah, so before this, it was just, like, PG and R and X. Huh. And so movies prior to 1984 were either PG or R. Either they were tame or they were not at all. Or they just didn't fit in the PG category. Interesting. So what year was that? 1984. Huh. Right? Isn't that kind of crazy to think about? Yeah, I did not know that. It's a relatively new rating. Mm -hmm. That just goes to show that, like, this system is ever-evolving, ever-changing, and, you know, it's that's the nature of things like that. For sure. And so... This was, this the talk by Benson was given two years after the PG-13 rating was invented, essentially. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. So, in the 80s, when this talk was given, when there were rated R movies, yeah, almost every single rated R movie <laughs> had some kind of pornographic element in it. Yeah. Because it was, like, rated R so they could do that, you know? Yeah. And so they, and a lot of times they put it in there because they're like, oh... That's how we get viewers. If we have some sort of sexy kind of yeah. element to it, that's how we get people to be interested in coming, which we know is not true, but that's how they thought, yeah. you know, back then. Yeah. I, I think it's also interesting um, 
because of what you're studying in college. Yeah, I'm I'm technically a film student. I, yeah. They don't have a film department in the in at BYU Idaho, but I mean, yeah. they, there's a lot of like film classes. Like for instance, we have a film analysis class where we do watch movies and talk about them, and occasionally yeah. we do watch rated R films. Obviously, they're not pornographic. And we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, obviously. Um, I just think it's a very, you know, you are somewhat knowledgeable in this sort of realm of the world, much more than I am. But yeah, that's, I think that's an interesting point of you've worked with filmmakers and stuff like that. And you, you have some sort of insight into something that a lot of people don't, including I mean, me. <laughs> that's, that's very generous of you to say. I'm only interested in it because, you know... Generally, people do tend to, or I should say directors tend to make their movies PG-13 because it appeals to mass audiences in that way. Um, But that isn't to say that rated R films are bad in any way. It's just that it's just a quick label that the MPAA slaps on something to say, hey, this has content that's a little bit not, you know, what a lot of people are comfortable with. Yeah. And a lot of these ratings are based on age, obviously. Like, Mm -hmm. G is general audiences, um, PG-13 is, they put a cap on 13 years old, but, you know, that's... R is 17. So it makes sense yeah. that President Benson is like, hey, don't watch rated R films, because technically you're not really, uh, like, allowed to. Not like you're not allowed to, but, like, yeah. 17 is kind of the age when you can start watching more yeah. intense things. But, again, it's like... But during, like, when this was created... It was a very different beast. Yeah, for sure. Not to invalidate, you know, what our prophets tell us. Oh, not at all, yeah. There is, you know, cultural and aspects of the time period, which I think is, um, now that we kind of know, have like a general understanding of how the rating system works and what it is today, um, are all movies created equal? Are all rated R movies created equal? To which we... We substantially say no. Which, yes, I think we can say, I'm going to have to say, I do not believe that all rated R movies are created equal, which... Yeah, and just to go a note on that about the history of rating, a lot of movies that in the past have been rated R, like, for instance, Psycho. Yeah. Like, the reason why it's rated R is because it does have suggestive violent elements and you do see blood, but you don't actually see someone get cut up, you know? Um, And for any of you who haven't seen Psycho, you can show this movie to your 13-year-old if you want. Yeah, like, it's it's harrowing. Yeah. But, and, you know, there are themes that are extremely scary, however... Again, that's totally up to you. I just threw 13 out there as, like, an example. Yeah, no, yeah. There's nothing, like, sexually explicit, but it doesn't fit within the PG category. Yeah. And so, therefore, it's R. Yeah. That's the same with, like, The Changeling. Yeah, I... Guys, I love The Changeling. It's... I'm a big fan of scary movies, ghost stories, that sort of thing. The Changeling was a movie created in, like, uh, 1979. Yeah, that's when it came out. And it is this exceptional ghost story. um, Very eerie. Very, very good. However, it is rated R. It's interesting because if you watch it, there... It's... So tame. Like, <laughs> yeah, there's nothing in it that you would be like, oh. Yeah, there's there's no blood, no gore, no cursing. No there's, sex. There's, there's no sexual content. It's thematic It's elements. about yeah. goat. It's about murder and about death, obviously, since it's a ghost story. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a movie that my parents and I love. And 
you know, we are all, you know, active members of the church. It's not something that we go around yelling from the rooftops about how much we love this radar movie. However, I think it's something to consider. These movies were made years ago. Years and years ago, yeah. And this just goes back to the topic of this rating system is continually evolving. Kind of just to go on top of that, almost like in the opposite direction. There's like, like there's some PG-13 movies that I think are a little bit even too explicit for me. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I, I don't super love horror and I don't super love scary things. Yeah. Um, and one of the big examples of that is the movie Split that came out a couple of years ago is mm-hmm. this movie is PG-13 and it is good, but it is very suspenseful. It's It's got a really heavy topic of kind of this underlying theme of sexual abuse and I do think those things are really important to see but it is very disturbing and I was actually a little bit surprised that it wasn't rated R yeah but again you can't really base you know your how you view something off of that because it really just does depend on the movie and the content yeah and during my um, process of researching and being you know thoughtful about what I would say um, and thinking about you know, movies that I've seen and movies that I haven't. It really struck me that The King's Speech is rated R and it is in the same category as movies like Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. You know, which these movies, um, not even considering the sexual themes or, you know, content, mm-hmm. these movies are very different. Yeah, you can't you know, even compare them. You know, they're not even comparable just in content alone. And it is just very staggering to me that The King's Speech is a movie in which there is a scene of vulgar language in an otherwise clean movie. Yeah. Like, it has been a little bit since I've seen it, but it was... There's nothing else in it that would make it R. That would warrant an R rating. And then you look at, and I'm not being specific about Fifty Shades of Grey. However, then you have a movie that has the same rating and it is very vulgar, very Mm -hmm. pornographic, very, you know, not casting judgment on anyone who watched and enjoyed that movie. But what what I'm trying to get at is that even within the realm of radar movies, not all of these movies are created equal with the same not even just caliber of of the film right it's the content is widely varying even in this one rating yeah and it's like to to cast judgment on somebody who watches rated r movies is is like it's casting judgment on somebody that wears something different from you i don't think it's even like a question of somebody wearing something strange it's something somebody wearing something that is different to what you wear reflecting on you know what we've talked about it's obvious that the rating system is flawed you know it's unreliable it's ever evolving and with that idea what do we do now well and the, the big i think thing that the church wants to emphasize is staying away from pornographic material. Yes, that is a big... That is a big thing. And sometimes, yes, sometimes rated R movies can be that slippery slope where just, you know, you see a nude body and then nothing happens, but then you might be curious to see more and then go down a rabbit hole. And obviously you need to know yourself of just like, 
Are you susceptible to these things? Obviously, if something makes you uncomfortable, people are going to understand. And, you know, if you're like, I, you know what? I don't want to say that movie because I just... Not for me, thanks. Yeah, I just don't. I'm not into it. And pe- yeah. normally people are really understanding about that yeah. stuff. If people dig into you about like, well, why? You just, you can blatantly say like, I'm just, I'm not, it's not my scene. It's nobody's business why you do things or why you don't do things. Right. And the thing is too, is like, when you say, oh, I don't want to watch that because it's rated R, it's just kind of a shallow excuse. It has to be about the content itself. Yes. I think, you know, that that cap of, oh, I don't watch rated R movies because I don't watch them, I think is a very easy sort of barrier. And if you need that, you know, like, like, like you said earlier, Chelsea, somebody seeing a nude body could affect them differently than it affects somebody else. And that's perfectly fine. And, and they may not have asked for that, you yeah, know. Yeah, no. And it's it's nobody's business to say, well, that's not my issue. Going back to the King's speech, I am not somebody who's easily bothered by swearing, but other people are different. And I think that's totally fine. I think it becomes a problem when we assign these issues to well, I don't do it because of my religion, which right. I think there's a danger in that because that's a very generalized statement. I think what should be said is I don't watch that movie because it's pornographic. Like, I don't watch right. that movie because I am uncomfortable with gore. I don't watch that movie because swearing is uncomfortable. I think all of this comes down to personal reflection and what is good for me. Right. And I think it also comes down to your age and what you can handle. Because like when when President Benson gave this address, it was to the youth and it was about, you know, making sure you keep your brain clear from violence and lewdness and all this stuff. And definitely I, you know, the rating system is based on age. There's things that you can handle as an adult that you can't handle as a kid. Yeah, and that I, might, you know, stick with you, might affect it right. differently. Like, you know, um, I have a friend who, you know, as a kid, for whatever reason, he saw a, a movie that had, you know, naked bodies and it really, and in his sexual suggestive way, and it really messed with his head. And later, you know, he said, like, it really messed with me. It wouldn't super bother me now because I'm, you know, in my 20s or whatever. Yeah, my brain is more developed. My brain is more developed and I can easily look away and be like, oh, shoot, you know, I'm not not super into what this is about, you know. But as a kid, you don't really have that filter. And so, you know, you do have to be more careful about that. But as an adult, first, you need to understand what you can handle and what you can't. If you're, you know, if you're like, I hated people swearing at school all the time. I just don't want to be around it. Then, yeah, just be like, I'm not into that. I don't want to watch movies that have swearing in it. And a lot of movies do. So your options are, you know, kind of limited and that's up to you and that's totally fine. And use VidAngel for all it's worth, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then the other side of it is too, is like, for me, I just try and research any movie I see beforehand. Yeah. Because if it has anything sexually explicit, if it has any gore for the sake of gore, I'm like, you know what? I'm not super into it. It's not fun to be surprised. Yeah. You know, it's not fun to be watching a movie and, you know, something. It's nice to be prepared. Right. With with anything. I really appreciate that uh, President Nelson has really instituted an air of personal responsibility and personal study. And he's really instilling in us a sense that we are in charge of our testimony. We are in charge of the things that we do and sort of breaking away from leaning on a sense of community for what's right and what's wrong. Instead of leaning on a list of check marks 
works, hard and fast rules. Within the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, in the gospel that we believe, there are rules. There are some things that Heavenly Father wants us to do, and there are some things that Heavenly Father does not want us to do. That is the truth of the matter. But it is very frustrating when people of our faith go a step further and decide for themselves what Heavenly Father wishes us to do or not do. Well, you know, so when I was in Utah, a lot of the things that I went up against, you know, the industry is either faith-based films or it's a anti-culture of let's make every horror film, every horrible thing we can put on camera just to kind of have this thing of like, hey, look at all the things you told us not to do. We're doing it, you know? And it's like, there's gotta be something to meet in the middle because when I meet adults in Utah that say, don't judge me because I'm watching rated art films. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, why would I care? You know, it's your life. It's your decision. Yeah. It's, It's just weird to me that there is this stigma and like judgment going on because it's such a umbrella statement to say don't watch rated R movies. Yes. I think you've totally hit the nail on the head. I think it's just important for all of us to when we go about our daily lives to sort of rein in kind of our judgment towards other people. And their decisions, like what they decide for themselves. Yeah, because the gospel, all of us are different. And our hearts are different and our spirits are different. And I think I can speak for the both of us when we know how much judgments can hurt. It kind of hinders, you know, what you want to do too. Because especially if someone judges you for watching rated R films, then it's like you never would be able to watch, you know, you'd never feel like you can watch The King's Speech without judgment, even though that is a very uplifting film. And it fits within the category that the church has described or that the Strength for Youth has described. I love that you said that because the 13th Article of Faith, I think, is a good testament to the church's feelings towards art. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, in general. We've actually been discussing this in my humanities class of sort of an aspect of examining art. So I'm going to read just a little bit of the 13th article of faith. Do it. If there's anything virtuous, lovely, or of good report or praiseworthy, we seek after these things. Mm-hmm. And I think we should be developing a spirit in our religion to to seek after things in this world that uplift us, that are praiseworthy. There are many things in this world that are not a direct correlation of the gospel right. of Jesus Christ, but they are still uplifting. And they're still praiseworthy and good. And teachable. Yeah. And I really think that going forward, we just need to examine ourselves and grow. And even if that means you stopping watching a TV show or movie, that counts too. Because I've had to do that too, where it's like, you know what? This is a bit much. And I realize it's affecting me negatively. Yeah. And that's part of it too. Yeah. And I I think a good example is... Chelsea and I are similar in a lot of regards. However, we have very differing opinions about specifically scary movies. Yes. I love horror movies. I love scary movies. I love ghost stories. And I can't do anything with demons. I can't do it. Anything that has, like, The Conjuring or Conjuring 2, I just, I can't. You can't get me to go there. Like, those types of things affect you. Right. And they do not affect me. Mm-hmm. I will not lose sleep over things like that. I, I definitely stay up all night after I've seen a movie like that. <laughs> but neither of our opinions are wrong. Are wrong. It's just a preference. It's a preference between us. And that's fine. Yeah. I think what we're trying to get at is 
There are many things in this world that you should not consume, but there are many things in this world that are uplifting. And it really is a matter of conscience and a matter of knowing what is right Mm -hmm. and knowing what isn't and also knowing yourself. I found a a very good article written for the Enzyme, um, April 1981, and it is titled, Are the Movie Ratings a Reliable Way to Select Movies? Written by... Keith W. Merrill, cool, 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 who cool. is an Academy Award winning motion picture director. Really? Yes. Dude, send that to me. Yes, I will. Um, yeah. What he says, it's a very good article. And if you are at all interested in this topic now, I would definitely read it because it really does. Both show. It does a better job of talking about this than we could ever do, mm-hmm. honestly. For sure. Um, but something that I really do think is important and I think is a good takeaway Mm-hmm. is um, his la- the last paragraph in his article, which states, how then does one select appropriate film entertainment? A more effective rating system would help, but it would still fail for the reasons we have previously discussed. Ultimately, there's no rating system that will satisfy every person's individual standards. It remains for each of us to sort through the word of mouth reports, media reviews, publicity, and then compare what we find with our own conscience. The only reliable standards are the ones that we set for ourselves, guided by our quest for perfection and inspired by the principles of the gospel. No, I mean, I think he said it all right there. I mean, when you say, I don't want to watch this movie, it shouldn't be because it's rated R. It should be, I don't want to watch this because of the content that it has, or I do want to watch this because of the content that it has, regardless of its rating. And that's really what is important. And it really should be based on what the prophets have told us and your own judgment about what you want to take in as a human being. Agency is such a beautiful aspect of this life. And it's the reason that we're here. Yeah. And unfortunately, we stumble, mm-hmm. but you are very powerful mm-hmm. and you know you have the ability to decide what is right and what isn't. For yourself and, you know, that'll ultimately help you come closer to Christ. And that's what the goal is. Yeah. So. Of everything. Yeah. <laughs> Literally everything. Literally everything. Mm-hmm. Well, that about wraps it up for today. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for being here with us. This is a constantly evolving learning experience. Yeah. Making mistakes and fixing it on the way. So, and just a shout out to people who told me things that I need to correct. Thank you. Please yeah. keep doing that. Yeah. We, <laughs> we accept cr- constructive we, criticism. Yes. Because we need it. Yep. Yes. And please and thank you. And yeah. thanks for listening, guys. And yeah. we'll catch you next time. See ya. Bye.